0: I was just telling somebody the other day. Really, what happened was I wanted to learn how to play an instrument that would get me more girls. Because at the time, being a piano player wasn't like the most sexy thing. It was like ugh, piano player. Like this is. It wasn't like it wasn't a thing yet, you know. And so I was like, "Well, what's going to get me more girls? I know saxophone." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 95 of the Between You and Me podcast. My name is Jessica Morris, and it is my privilege to have you here when we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. This is a place where we can all come together with our differences, our idiosyncrasies, and our ideas and share them like you would over a coffee or a good meal. Today our guest is oh I'm so excited. Our guest is Topi. Now Temitope is an incredible worship artist who actually now just lives in Nashville, but he literally just moved there by way of Boise, Idaho and San Diego. The incredible thing about Temitope is that he talks about racial reconciliation and justice in a way that's really organic. It's not just like, I mean, a mission statement is enough, right? But but it's part of his story, who, who he is and what he does. And Temitope is actually has a really unique perspective on what it means to be an American right now because his mum comes from the UK and his dad comes from Nigeria now he was born in America but he has such an interesting story about what it means to be a man of color in America with his backgrounds and how he actually had to grapple with his own racial reconciliation in himself um, and what that means now when he tries to bring that to the church Now, what I love about Topi is that apart from the fact that he is so much fun, you will hear that in this interview. It's like it can be a heavy topic, but this is so, so fun, so full of energy. What I love about what he does is that he puts that message, that heartbeat that he has into worship music, which is not something that you normally hear, right? Like worship music is generally sort of, it's a good a formula that we keep repeating. But Temetope actually has created what he calls horizontal worship. It's all about not just praising God and worshiping him, but it's about bringing the church together. It's about compelling the church to actually go out and serve, to address what's going on in them so that they can be light bearers, essentially. Um, And as part of that, Temitope actually also has a podcast called the Lumpy Couch Podcast, and he's creating a whole bunch of resources for the church so we can be reconcilers in these areas. You're going to hear a short bio, then we're going to get straight into the interview. Enjoy. Now based in Nashville, Tammy Tope actually grew up in San Diego, California, and with his parents descended from the UK and Nigeria, he held the lived experience and culture of multiple peoples in his life, shaping him to become the truth and justice based voice in worship music he is today. When you hear Tematope sing, you can hear God's heartbeat for reconciliation and unity in his people. It makes him an imperative voice in the church today. But before Tematope was able to deliver this message, he actually first had to learn it himself. And over a number of years, he did intense hard work growing up, addressing his own views on race, identity and belonging. Now, initially, Tematope pursued a career in media while also working as a worship musician. His single, Jesus Emmanuel, came out in 2016 and was followed in 2017 by the duet, There Is Hope, with Emily Hamilton. This all culminated in his EP, Ocan, in 2018, and Timotope quickly establishes niche sound of horizontal worship, making worship music that brings glory to God by pushing Christians out of their comfort zones to love one another and the world around them. How good is that? It was around this time also that Tematope created the Lumpy Couch, an uncomfortable but necessary resource which provides tools for churches to implement the work of reconciliation through the power of God. Placing himself as an equipper rather than a music artist, so far Lumpy Couch have released a Reconciler's Guide focus area for people of colour, a five-day guide you can access now at imtematope.com. And a year ago, he also launched the Lumpy Couch podcast, a place which is dedicated to discussing comfortably uncomfortable awkward conversations. Oh, I love this already. In the past, Temetope has featured guests, including Carlos Whittaker, our friends David Zuck, Rachel Lamper and Chrissy Nordoff, and he's even chatted to people like KJ52 and more. Now, last year, Temetope was all set to release his new album. But surprise, COVID happened. So he started releasing multiple singles, working towards a release date earlier this year. My Worth, Bind Us With Your Love, and Love Come Do What You Do set him apart as a unique and much-needed voice in Christian music through the chaos of 2020, and by the time we reached January this year and race relations were showing a deep divide in the church, Temitope's latest album, Miji, was divinely released for such a time as this. My words, not hits. The live worship album carries the sound and experience of a church service, yet points listeners outwards. It addresses equality, unity, and the glory of God. I spoke to Temetope about choosing to be all in with his call to equip the church with music. We actually chatted just days after he had moved to Nashville. We talked about what it means to address internal racism and why he chooses to have uncomfortable conversations. This is a really deep, a really deep chat. But also really fun, Teme Tope has such a great energy about him. My friends, meet our new friend and someone you're definitely going to want to know. Teme Tope. I know that we have quite a few friends of the podcast who know you already. uh, But for the people who don't and are just meeting you for the first time, as you take (laughs) care of your children, please do. uh, Who is Teme Tope?
0: Who am I? Well... Well, thank you for having me on this, Jess. I'm super, super honored, super honored, but super honored. Period. No, but busting all fire. Super honored to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Timi Tape. Tape originates from the Yoruba tribe. My dad's Nigerian, My dad's Nigerian. My mom's British. Um, and in Nigeria, there's a, a few different tribes there, but my dad is from the is from the Yoruba tribe. And so in Yoruba, it means minus praise. So if, if we were to break it down in English, what my name literally means is minus is praise, kind of like for, you know, um, I don't know how it is with the um, native, um, like the indigenous people um, of Australia, uh, the aborigine people, I don't know how their names are, but I know that for a lot of the uh, native Americans, you know, they've, they've have beautiful names, like, you know, um, that like our sentences. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it is in Nigeria. Um, at least uh, historically within the tribes. And so my name is is praise. And I think it was kind of like a prophetic banner over my life. Um, because now as I'm an artist, um, a musician specifically that writes g- music for the church to sing, um, to praise God. I think it's really kind of a cool thing that that's what my name is. So that's who I am. I'm Timmy Tape. I'm the son of immigrants. I am passionate about multiculturalism, reconciliation, I'm trying to create a music movement that empowers the church to be reconcilers through loving ourselves and others beyond comfort. And to that end, I want to see authentic people in a multicultural church, For a reconciled world and there's a lot obviously that we can unpack in there but that's a little bit of who I am in as fast a way as I can possibly say it.
1: You said that so well and it all made me so excited. I was like I love talking (laughs) about this, this is awesome. Um, (laughs) Can you tell me how you actually reached this point where when did you start deciding to make music and to make it somewhat of a career path because that's not an easy task?
0: No, no not at all and yeah you're talking to me right now like in probably the biggest, um, career shift for me with music where I'm doing it full time moving to Nashville and really like, you know, I've been doing it for a long time by myself, but now God's put like people around me, teams and, you know, management and labels. And so there's things that are happening that is exciting that, um, yeah, I think it took steps of faith to get here. So I grew up playing piano. I grew up in the church and, um, I was just telling somebody the other day, really what happened was I wanted to learn how to play an instrument that would get me more girls. Because at the time, being a piano player wasn't, like, the most sexy thing. It was like, mm-hmm. Ugh, piano player. Like, this is, it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing yet, you know? And so I was like, well, what's going to get me more girls? I know. Saxophone. <laughs> 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 I was, <laughs> was going go to learn <laughs> Yes. No. I thought it was saxophone because my parents had me watch these, like, christian videos and i'm trying to remember what they were called but like you know we all we can be real guys like christian media like especially with film it's pretty bad like it does it's not good and so i i was watching a film and i was like oh this is the cool people play saxophone so i guess i'll play saxophone too um and then someone got a hold of me and was like you probably should learn guitar like if you're gonna meet girls you probably should learn guitar and i was like yeah that's cool. <laughs>
1: so does that mean you can pay, play at least three instruments?
0: I can't play saxophone. Disappointing. To my, uh, I know. To my dismay and to your dismay, I can't <laughs> play saxophone. So I can play guitar, p- piano, obviously, guitar, bass, drums. Yeah. Fab have for the whole
1: band. That works. Yes. That
0: and that's. And I've been I'm as a worship pastor for like six years. And so like I've had to play literally all of those instruments at some point.
1: At the same time. You know?
0: <laughs> yes. Obviously. You know? It's like seeing somebody. <laughs> I'm there's a pastor's like a, a little kid. You
1: grew up in small churches. <laughs> I was 13, seen <laughs> <Sing> on stage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no.
0: That's awesome. I think I did a there's a I think it's chitty chitty bang bang. It's like an old oh. Disney movie. Yep. That, like, he has that whole, like, one-man band suit. That's basically me, you know? Thanks for me. Next
1: album cover.
0: Huh? <laughs> you're you're welcome. will more records. That,
1: that's going to be right next to Lauren Daigle on the charts, that cover, just so I
0: can see. <laughs> I know. It'll be Lauren Daigle looking all fierce and fabulous, and then just me with this whole, like, one-man band nonsense. I, mean, I like will that. buy
1: that.
2: <laughs> 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 Say Jesus
1: enough. you soul. <laughs>
2: Go most high, God most high, It's your kingdom, it's your kingdom, it's your glory, it's your power.
1: Your latest album is now I'm pronunciation is it Meiji or Medji?
0: That's good. That's close Meiji.
1: I legitimately looked this up on the on the internet I'm like was watching an interview and I was like say it say it say this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so t-
1: tell me about Meiji like um I know that you are passionate about reconciliation um yes. but it's not even just uh this is an album purely devoted to that it's actually part of what you do when you create music is naturally talk about reconciliation and unity and stuff. So w- what, what is different about this album for you in 2021?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, even going back to a little bit of my story of how I started, like I said, I'm the son of immigrants, right? And so growing up, I had a really hard time figuring out where I fit in. I'm a Black man and I grew up in San Diego, Southern California, pretty affluent area. Most of the people that I was around were white people. And white people would say things to me that they wouldn't say to each other. They call me like Oreo. They call me uh, Inside Out. They call me not black enough. And then other black people would say similar things to me, too. And I had a, I spent a, a long time trying to figure out, like, where do I fit in? I Actually, to be completely honest with you, I have no problem saying this. I spent a long time wishing I actually wasn't black. I spent a long time wishing I was white because I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to feel like I had a place. And, and I know for me, like sometimes when I feel um, uncomfortable, I would, I would use humor to kind of like put up a a shield. And so I would make jokes about myself because I just said, well, if I make fun of myself before they do, then it's going to sting less because I said it. Well, all that would really do is they would create a door that people were like, well, I can walk through this door as much as I want and say things that uh, were wrong, you know, and they were things that I also believed in myself. And so, you know, as I, you know, I told you, you know, I played piano and then I started playing guitar. I, I grew up in the church and, and, and I started playing and leading at churches. And as the Lord started putting it on my heart to write songs. At the same time, I'm on this identity journey of trying to figure out who I am. And, and also, like, as an artist, like, what do I want to say and, and what is my voice? And it wasn't actually until, like, at the beginning of 2020 that the Lord really kind of revealed to me, like, hey, this is who you are and this is what your voice is. And he's like, Kimitape, like, everything about you is intentional.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I made you black on purpose with immigrant parents, middle child, married to a white woman everything about you is intentional, your color, your culture, your creed, the way that you process the world and see me. I want to redeem all of that because Psalm 139, I fearfully and wonderfully created you in your mother's womb to express my heart in a way that only you can. And it was a total like wide eye, like kind of like this total awakening experience for me, you know? And we were talking earlier about like, you know, like there's stuff online that talks about how I used to go by Toby. I used to go by Toby. And for me, like, that used to be somewhat of a badge of honor because I was like, Hey, even though I do feel not like, even though I feel like I don't fit in, I have a name that's normal. Right. Unfortunately, what normal to me meant like um, what was, what was more common amongst white uh, um, American, like United States circles. That's what normal was because the reality is is the United States in most Western culture and a lot of Western cultures are pretty white, dominated in terms of skin color and so I used to think Toby was a badge of honor because um, I was like well at least there's something that makes me normal and once God revealed these things to me it, to me it's kind of like a Saul of Paul conversion it was literally like that it was like God just totally gripped my heart and, and opened my eyes to like, oh, man, I'm made fearfully and wonderful, made on purpose. And if that truth is true for me, it's true for you, Jess. And it's true for my wife, Jordan. And it's true for anyone that I come across, whether they know Jesus or don't know Jesus, whether they're Christian or Muslim, whether they're straight or gay, whether they're whatever, like every single person has a unique imprint of God on their life. And when we stand together amongst our differences, we represent something beautiful. That is the multicultural heart of God. God cannot be defined and confined within one homogeneous structure. You know, we call worship a genre and it sounds one way. Worship is life. Let's be real. Everybody is worshiping. Everybody that's living and breathing is living and breathing for something. The question is what? But we in the church know that we we were made to glorify God. So when we stand together amongst our differences, we can represent his heart. Rather than standing against each other because of our differences and try to fight to to find our place in the world, there's a unique imprint of the Father on each person that people can't take away. And if you cut people off and you can't cancel people out because you're too different, whatever that means, or they don't fit into the boxes that you've made, then that's going to cut people off from each other. And ultimately, you're going to miss out on experiencing more of God through that person. And you're going to not allow that person to experience God through you. We are made for communion. We're going back to Genesis one, the book of the book of Revelation is a four like what we're going to be going back to. You can see it from Genesis one, perfect communion where God is reconciled with his creation and humanity. That's what we're going back to. And so for me, what I all started coming to a head at the beginning of 2020, before George Floyd, before Ahmad Arbery, before we started to see racism that has been um, very real and very prominent in the United States amongst other places. Um, you know, racism, i.e. like, you know, just basically, uh, I, it, well, I, w- I won't get too far into terms. You know, there's to me, there's a difference between um, discrimination, um, um, prejudice, and racism. Um, but I won't, I won't get too far into those details. But I'll have to say, once things started bubbling and surf- surfacing up, like I've heard people say racism's not getting worse, it's just getting, it's just getting filmed. Um, all of this was happening in my life and me figuring out my voice before all that. And I think it was really the Lord's timing. It was the Lord's timing because when we planned Meiji, we didn't know what was going to happen in the United States. We didn't know what was going to happen in the world. We didn't know COVID was going to happen. We didn't know that there was going to be this really large magnifying glass on the police, on the on the, on the on the law system in the United States and on police officers and, and on the in, um, injustices done towards People of color. Like we didn't, I didn't know any of that was going to happen, but I think the Lord did. And in his wisdom, he revealed to me what I needed, what he's created me to say at a time when I think the world really needs to hear it. And um, you know, and I'll even say this for me, part of my journey was 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 confronting racism in my own heart, racism against black people, which I think people was gonna that's probably gonna throw people off because I am a black man. But the reality is for me, because of just different experiences I had growing up, and because of how media portrayed Black people to me, part of my, part of my uncomfort, part of my disdain for myself, um, was because I saw me uh, Black people portrayed a certain way in the media. Is because I saw, because I had interactions with different kinds of, uh, with Black people that, it, it, up until a certain point, had largely been negative, and it wasn't until later when I got into a room, I actually got into a car with like eight other black dudes and we all had different stories and they all were so different and they all were so kind and loving. And I realized, oh, wow. Like I've been, I've been making some pretty wide assumptions about black people. And I've been using those assumptions to, to, to feed a discrimin- discriminatory heart and then, and then acting prejudicedly because of the discrimination rooted in my heart. And the Lord had to confront that. And that was part of the process of me being able to create this record to be able to go through a process of reconciliation myself with myself, with the Lord, with other people of color. And that's led in some ways to Meiji and to the songs on there where I just want people to know everyone's fearfully and wonderfully made. Everyone has the imprint of the father on them. It's these boxes that we make, they're comfortable, but that's not how, that's not how we should be looking at people. We're missing out on opportunities to experience God when we put people in boxes, when we put God in boxes. It's time to open ourselves up to getting uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to have these kinds of conversations, but you and I are both growing because of it. And we're experiencing something beautiful, i.e.
2: communion. So. No, no. why you praise praised you call the universe to be yet in the womb you form me all of the details that make me you desire I find my worth your eyes.
1: hey are you a creator do you like creating fancy slideshows for church or maybe you're a videographer a podcaster like me maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs that is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love equally, equally as much as good music? I love a good band tee. And I love a good nostalgic band tee, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our T-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. How... How have you learned to love yourself?
0: That's a great question. I think for me, I think what has helped me really to love myself is to really reflect honestly on the gospel. To be completely honest, as cheesy as that sounds, is just to go like, you know, like Jesus died f- for me before I was ever a thought in my parents' mind. Jesus died for me and had a plan for me. So I read Psalm one thirty nine to myself almost every day. That's been huge. That's been huge to read about the thoughts that He has for me, right? To read about His intentionality. Like, you know, I'm a i am I write songs. You're, you're a journalist. You're you're a journalist. It's like we spend so much time crafting stories, crafting the perfect story. And like I'm like and I and I get to when I read Psalm one thirty nine, I go, oh wow, like the intentionality and the care that you take in writing, a, doing some sort of journalistic piece or I take in creating a song, that is like just even a small picture of the in, in care and intentionality that God had in creating me. Yeah. And so I've learned like, wow, there's parts about me. Like God sees me and he's like, he's so proud. Like I have, I have kids, you know, you saw my kids earlier. Like mm-hmm. I look at my kids and I'm so proud. There's nothing wrong about, them. in my mind, they're perfect. Honestly, they're beautiful. And they're figuring life out, right? That's not to say that they do perfect things all the time, but they're perfect. And I feel like that's how, that's what I'm learning about God is like, he looks at me and he's like, Genesis one, like God made it and he said, this is good. And that's what he says about me. And that's what he says about you. And that's what he says about anybody. This is good. And that's been really good for me to be able to look at myself in the mirror and go like, this is good. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so good. I love that. So you, uh, you've made the move to Nashville now, nearly completely. Yeah. Um,
2: and, yes. <laughs>
1: and, and Nashville um, is a, it's a great place but also a very strange place just because it's a yes. hub of, well, it's like southern evangelical Christian music industry country. There's, there's universities there but also like lots of historical stuff. It's a very weird, great place. Um, and th- I'm excited that you're there. Cause I think it's awesome. Um, Thanks. but I'm, I'm so curious because what you're sharing with me, um, is incredible. And I am, I love it. I, I love how, I love how you've, I don't want to, I feel like saying common ground is diluting the power of what you're saying, but you're talking about seeing people in the image of God um which, yes. which which is the hardest but most important thing we will ever do um, yes. but by choosing to do that not just in your life in your ministry but like through your music and vocally through your music you're actually bringing something you are bring something to the table in Nashville that people won't be comfortable with all the time because yeah. th- th- there's gonna be a group of people who are gonna be stoked and they'll be like, finally, finally, we're on the same page as you. Like, and I've talked to I've talked to lots of those people. They like, give me hope. I'm like, thank God. But but there's also like we know that there's a sense, not just culturally and evangelicalism, but in so many parts of humanity, we like to take sides. We like to pick teams. Sure. We like to say, I am this political party or this one. Heck, I'm Australian yeah. and I'm like, I don't like that president, or I like this president, and I'm like, I don't even yeah. vote. So and what you're presenting to people, even on social media, is saying, "Where is our middle ground?" And seeing God in each other, like, like, where yes. is God in the middle of this? And that is really powerful, but also really contentious. Um, I I say that with so much respect. Like, that's that's oh. like the that's that's the goal. But how do you how do you? Uh, maybe I'm asking this prematurely because I know you've just moved to Nashville. But how how do you? hold that calling, hold that truth of who you know God to be um, and keep that keep that pass when exclusion comes or when people question it or when people, like, they don't invite you to this ministry event because of that.
0: Sure, sure. How, how
1: do you handle that?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we actually had a conversation, my management and I used to recently have a conversation about, about a little bit of this. You know, we were talking about, do we say like I'm not political or not? And I'm like, if I have to explain myself too much for people, like I don't want to be, I don't want to I don't want to partner with them. If they can't see me as a human being in process and they don't want to join into my process and sit with me at the table, then I, that's fine. I don't need to sit there with them. I, I'm not here to perform. I'm not. You know, that's one of my frustrations that we talked about earlier, like frustrations about the church. I think the church has spent a lot of time entertaining the saints and calling that ministry versus equipping the saints to actually do ministry. I see myself more as an equipper, as more of a teacher, honestly, and music is my whiteboard. I know that music is a very powerful medium in drawing people together. You can get you know, um, people that voted for different people, people that see gen, um, sexuality differently, people that see sex in general differently, people that see um, uh, all of anything, all of these topics of injustice and, and controversial topics. They can be on opposite sides of the spectrum, but they're all in the same room. Why? Because they love John Mayer, because they love Selena Gomez, because they want to see for king and country Cause they want to see Lauren Daigle. Like you can, they, they, whatever, like they all come together and they forget their differences because they're like, we have a common love for this artist or this music. And what I want to do is I want to go, hey, you got that common love? Let's turn the lights on. Look around you. Look how different these people are. We can have moments like this all the time. This is how life is meant to be. We can live together together. And be different, and that's why I have the whole authentic people and a multicultural church for reconciled world. You know, I have no problem being authentic. That's a big deal to me. Um, Authenticity is huge. Part of me loving myself is to bring my real, authentic self into every situation and every conversation, knowing that God has fearfully made it. That's not to say that I'm in agreement with sin in my life. God's going. God loves me too much to leave me the way that I am, and I love. Him too much to say this way. I want to be sanctified, but I I can't be sanctified if I'm holding certain parts of myself back. So I'm like, you got to bring your authentic self, right? Bring your authentic, as much as you're going to bring your authentic self to that John Mayer concert, bring that authentic self to a church, right? Bring it to a church. To be a multicolored church is one thing. Well, we got Black people, we got Asian people, we got Mexican people, whatever. I'm saying find a church where you can bring your authentic self, but then that it's multicultural. Where they celebrate the uniqueness of the imprint of God, the Imago Dea, in each person. Where we find ways within our worship gatherings to say, like, "Hey, um, we want to we want to experience God through this, through this person, or through this cultural lens, or through this thought, pro, or whatever." We find ways to intentionally diversify the way that we worship so that we can celebrate how God shows himself through different people. That is an example of the world outside of like a music venue. That's an ongoing example. It should be of what it looks like to be in communion with people that don't think like you, but you're still able to break bread at the table. That is an example for a world of what reconciliation looks like. Authentic people in a multicultural church for a reconciled world. So in order to carry that banner and to keep that mission consistent, I do a few things. One, I surround myself with people who aren't enamored by glitter. I have, I call them, they're like my advisory board. I got these people, it's, it's people and and, and they're not all, they're, they're different colors. Um, they're different ages. Um, they're different genders. Um, um, a man, basically a male or female and they, and they, um, and they speak into my life and they don't care about how many records I sell. They don't care about my Spotify playlist. They don't care about the ministry opportunities. They care about what's important, like what I really care about. And is that, am I, am I being a present father, husband, and friend that speaks life to mm-hmm. my friends and family? That's what they care about. And so they keep me grounded in the sense that there's going to be opportunities that I miss out on inherently in order to be a present father, mm-hmm. husband, and friend. Um, and so that kind of helps. And then my the people that are on my team, you know, my management is one in particular, um, shout out to We Rock. Um, I love them because they see what is important to me and it's important to them. And because of that, like I've, we've, I've told them, I'm like, look, I'm not willing to sacrifice the anointing on this ministry for my bank account. We could make a lot more money. If I was quiet about certain things, we could have probably a lot more opportunities if I refuse to step into certain areas. But to me, the, the, the bummer is someone's someone is going to miss out on their place at the table. Someone might not hear for the first time that God has a heart shaped God has unique has they fit a unique spot in God's heart and they can be awakened to it and they can walk into it by the power of the blood of Jesus shed for them on the cross like that's what's more important to me I don't care about those other things and so there have been things that we've said no to there have been opportunities and things that we've just said no to because I'm not willing to compromise the ministry and I got people again in my corner one of them being like my wife that's just like What is this all for? My wife and I have been together since we were 16. Oh, I'd love that. Yes, she is the rock, dude. She is part of why we're here. I mean, like, full disclosure, part of why we're here in Nashville and why I'm doing music full-time is because my wife told me that it was time. She's seen every part of my music. I used to play metal bands. I used to play in alt-rock bands. Like, she's seen the whole thing, you know? Yes, and she... I remember there was a conversation. that's one of my favorites where I, I played my first headlining show and I had all these openers and I was excited and I thought I was going to have all these people. And by the time I got there, there's probably like 10 people that were in the room. And it was like a total, like interesting moment. Cause you know how it is. It's like, if you, go, if you know the headliner, like the headliner is big, like you're going to, you're probably going to skip the openers and go for the headliner. But if the band you like is opening, you probably will skip out on the headliner and go for the openers. And so that was kind of what happened. And, I was really pouting and I was having a fit. And I remember jo- my wife, Jordan, at the time we weren't, we were just dating and she literally pulled me aside and she was like, you got to figure out who you're doing this for. Cause she's like, if you're doing it for, if you're, if you're doing it for God, then it doesn't matter if there's two people in the room or 200 people in the room, you're doing it for God and you're, and you're going to, and you're going to minister to those people. But if you're doing it for yourself, then yeah like be a crybaby about it. So that's my wife, wow. <laughs> you know? Oh, she's awesome. She's she oh, she's awesome. Great.
1: Oh, she's great.
0: God. So she told me, you know, with this music, this move, she's like, look, you've been, you know, I told you I was a worship pastor for six years and I did marketing. Um, we're originally from San Diego. We moved to, we moved to Boise and we were in Nashville. And she was said, look, you've had one foot in the sand, one foot on the shore, one foot in the boat for years. She's like, it's time for you to put two feet in the boat and see what God does. And so this is this is literally where we're at. We're like right at the beginning of like out to sea.
1: Literally at the walking on water point. Wow. Just,
0: it's insane. Yeah. And God's been good. And it's been really hard, you know, to be honest, it's been really hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we're navigating. You know, it's just a lot of transition for our family.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but we're also like, Seeing God in ways that we would have not never seen if we would have actually if we wouldn't if we wouldn't have had the faith to go and i 'm very grateful that he gave my wife the faith eyes to see before I could.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: whole bunch of questions and we basically didn't do any of them because I love what you said um, is there? I have like some popcorn ones, like fun questions that are lighter, but is there anything that you wanted to talk about or go into more detail about before I do that?
0: I think it's important to me that you and anyone that's listening to this just knows that God has created them for a purpose. That's such a big deal to me. I mean, I don't care. Like if people don't listen to my music after this, I really don't care to be honest. Like what's important to me is that people know whether they hear it now for the first time or, or the 50th time, like just know, you know, and you just just know like, God is so proud when God sees you and God sees what you're doing, bringing in these artists, creating a safe space for us to share our lives and to bear our souls. God sees what you're doing and he's so proud. And, and you're the only one that can do it. You're the only one that can do it. And, it is a blessing to the people and it, and it pleases and it pleases him. And so keep doing that. And, and for the people that are listening, I'm like, please just know that whatever, wherever you're at in life, like know that God sits with you there and he wants to use you there in a way that is unique to only you and, and to step into that, to step into that process. Maybe they don't know, maybe they're, maybe they'll listen to this and, and they won't know at the end. Um, they might not know, but maybe they'll begin that process or maybe they have known and now they're going to do it. But whatever that is, just know that God's got you in a place for a reason. And he wants to use you in a unique way that is very important. You don't have to have your name in lights. You don't have to be selling a bunch of records or a famous movie star or director or whatever. Like God wants to use you for kingdom impact. And that is powerful. And if there's a way that I can be a part of that process, I would love to be. I think my music is a part of this bigger goal. Again, I see myself as an equipper. You know, I got this podcast, The Lumpy Couch, where we have really uncomfortable conversations. And those kind of feed into these songs that are being put on these records. And then those records are my goal is to always pair a record with an educational comp- comp- a- a- c- accompaniment. Yeah. So, yeah, with Meiji, the focus was really on multiculturalism. And we then paired that with a, a, a guide, I call it a reconciler's guide in the focus areas on people of color. And it takes all the songs from the record and puts them in real situations um, in the United States specifically Mm -hmm. with the civil rights struggle. Again, something that God just knew needed to be, knew needed to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know that we we were going to have such struggle with civil rights still, um, Mm -hmm. you know, resurfacing. Um, In fact, somebody said, you know, probably for a lot of, Um, United States citizens, what you were doing, what you've been doing in 2020 and 2021, probably what you would have been doing in the 1950s and 1960s during the civil rights movement. And for me, I've been just passionate about helping to equip the church to be a light because in the 50s and 60s, we missed it. We were quiet and we didn't do anything in the the United States. And now it's it's past time. So if I can be a part of people's journey and helping them to awaken something, that's awesome. But if not, just know that God's got you for a reason.
2: What I want Not riches Or fame Heaven is what
1: you are just random thoughts or questions I have maybe a bit lighter we'll see how we go um what what is the funniest or strangest moment you have had on stage and that can be whether you're acting as a worship pastor whether you're performing speaking anything
0: immediately what came to mind is I was leading worship music at a camp and I had to go pee really bad I know that's all I have to say. Oh, the whole thing. Yes, yes, it was so bad. And I was like, I'm like, I can hold it. And it just got to that point where I was like, I'm gonna pee my pants in front of all these people if I don't deal with this. And so I was playing keys, I was leaving from the keys, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I have to go now. So we finished the song. I threw on the pad, and I'm like, guys, God's moving,
2: God's working.
0: (laughs) God is in our midst just sit in it close your eyes close your eyes and sit in this moment let the let let god minister to your heart and then i booked it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh he, just, he couldn't I, have played I, that better that was incredible uh,
0: yes it was so bad i it, and the band didn't know so the band didn't know so the band's just sitting there in the moment all their eyes are open and i i literally Jess, I couldn't, I didn't even make it to the bathroom. I just basically got outside the door and just turned and just, you know, it might be TMI for people, but I just peed. I just peed right there outside the door. And I was like, I'm like, I'm not going to make it to the bathroom. So I did that. And then I walked back in and every, and people, I mean, it was a youth thing. So the kids were, they couldn't sit in that moment. So they're looking at each other. They're talking. They're like, where did you go? What's going on? My band's like, yo, are you okay? And so then I got on the mic and I'm like, guys, I'll be real. I had to go pee. You know, I had to pee. Like, it's fine. I'm all right. Don't stress out. Let's continue. And that was it.
1: That's great. That's great. (laughs) I'm just, I'm like, half of the kids, there would have been like, wait, did like the rapture happen and the rest of us got left behind? (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Nicely done. Nicely. If you can call the spirit into a moment of silence, you can say it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, it's the worship pastor vibe. You can set it, you know?
1: Yes. A good pad can do anything. Yeah. Um, if you could collaborate with anybody, living or dead, any genre, does, doesn't have to be Christian, but can be, who would it be and why?
0: Yeah. Uh, right off the top of my head, I I think I would love to collaborate with Toby Naginwe. Neg- He's another Nigerian American um, in Texas. And he... Is he's 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 his whole thing is I want to make purpose popular. Mm -hmm. So he's just a very, very um, um, mission minded artist that I'm I'm just I'm inspired by so much of what he does and he's very creative beyond music. I mean, like in like what his in the fashion and and in the filming, like he's really really creative. So I think that would be that would be incredible.
1: My last question for you if you could go back to the day where you decided to ditch the name Toby and just say, like, I'm going to own my space and love myself and go by Temetope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you.
0: That's good. Temetope. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yes. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I'm so hard. You're totally fine. What You're
0: would totally you say lying.
1: to yourself? What would you say to yourself on that day, knowing what you know now?
0: Hey, bud. My son decided to come say hi. Oh, clearly, um, of
1: course.
0: Well, now he's gone. He opened the door and he said hi, and they left. So, one year old. <laughs> he's um, great. He's great. Uh, man, I I think what I would tell Toby is I would say you don't feel you don't feel like you fit in, and that's on purpose. You're not supposed to. No one in here is supposed to fit in. There is no fitting in. Like you were made uniquely. God is infinitely creative. He doesn't copy paste. If you were to fit in, I would to say that. that would to say that he has limitations to his creativity and he does not. And you have to be you. You got to carry you. You got to be you and, and you got to create space for other people to be them. Again, that's not to be, be in agreement with things that are, that aren't good, that aren't best for people. You know, I think Christians should be the both and people. People should be able to say like, hey, I didn't vote for, in the United States, we have a, a, a first female um, person in the presidential office, like first female vice president and second person of color. And I think people should be able to say, hey, I, I, I voted for her and I don't agree with all her policies or, hey, I didn't vote for her and I'm really pr- happy to see that she, that we have a first woman, a first person of color. The table of heaven is a verse it's great that the tables of, of earth are beginning to reflect that we got to be the both and people. And so I think again, to Toby, I say, look, man, like you're not supposed to fit in. No one's supposed to fit in, be yourself, create space for other people to be themselves and watch how you encounter God in a ways, a myriad of ways that you won't be able to encounter him if you're so concerned with boxes. Cause he doesn't fit. It's like Chronicles of Narnia, you know, he's a, he's a lion, but he's not tame. And I'm like, that's God. Like, God is God is not tame. God is not safe. God is not predictable. Mm-hmm.
1: He is so much fun we oh, i just love that because like his kids were around when we we're doing the interview i got to say hi to them i just love that it feels like you're allowed just to see into these people's worlds a little bit more like something that's really sacred and um It was just so much fun. When we caught up, we'd been planning this a few times. he had literally been traveling to and from across the country, moving his family's stuff, moving the family. We just happened to collide at a moment and finally get to chat. And I'm so glad we did. Now, by the time that this airs, I think, I'm thinking, I'm praying that Temetope and his family are firmly settled in Nashville. That is my hope and my prayer for you, my friend. (laughs) Hang in there. Um, But I am so excited that he and his family are bringing this ministry this calling this heartbeat to nashville isn't that so good it doesn't matter whether you count this as christian music or worship music or what the heck music it is it's like we need this conversation we need to meet people where they are at we need to learn if you would like to stream or download Temetope's latest album, Meiji, you can do that right now. It's on all your streaming platforms. It is M-E-J-I. You can get that right now. You can also access the Lumpy Couch podcast, which features conversations with some of our friends, which is wonderful, and his reconciler's guide now at imtematope.com. That is t-e-m-i-t-o-p-e and if you would like to connect with Tematope online go for it he would love that he also has some really great great content really thought-provoking that addresses issues as soon as they come up Um, and that is at i am Tematope. what a great episode i just loved I just love that one. I'm so glad it finally happened. Like I said, we tried so many times to find a point to interview and we finally got there and it was so worth it. So thank you, Temetope. Thank you for being vulnerable and honest and sharing the hard parts of your story uh, with a relative stranger. I mean, now we're friends, but still like, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, My friends, two weeks, we have a very special episode with none other than ellie holcomb and i say special one because every episode special but true ellie is one of my favorite musicians and i got a chance to interview her quite quickly to coincide with her new album canyon which comes out in two weeks june 25th canyon comes out it is a stunning album that oh, i'm trying to figure out how to say it it's you know when you hear an album and you just feel like it tells your story, like it's your heartbeat beating back to you? That's what Canyon felt like to me. It's There's so much joy in it, but the joy is rooted and found through so much sorrow and trauma uh, in 2020. Ellie sings about um, her journey navigating racial reconciliation and learning about that. She sings about the Nashville Tornado the tragedies that so many of us went through in 2020, all of that comes into this album and it's this really beautiful, hope-filled gift to us, um, but not in a cliche way, in a really deep, profound way. I really experienced God through it, so I can't wait for you to hear it. I also definitely super fangirled over Ellie. You'll be able to hear it in the interview. I was so excited. I think my voice was a very high pitch the whole time, uh, but Ellie was still... She still had so much to offer. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So please make sure that you hit subscribe on your podcast platform so that you get that interview as soon as it drops. The following week, we will also be having a very special episode with my friend, Jamison Ketchum, who just released a book as well. So we've got some great episodes coming up and I would love you to hear them. If you love what you heard today, please, would you give us a rating? You know, that makes me really happy. Thanks, appreciate it. That's all I have. My friends, if you would like to connect with us, on online please do we are at between you me pod on instagram and you can find us at between you and online i'm currently working on a new website for us but it is taking some time so just hang in there with me thank you for everything my friends i hope this week that you find joy and hope i will see you next week here's to
2: hope